Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So cut it out. It's time for... I never saw that. One, two, three, four. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you look. See, you missed your heart and hand to hold on to. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you Other look. Other words I'm singing. And Bob and Saget's on the TV. There's and Uncle Joey and on rollerblades. And there is Jesse. And his hair. Need to hold on to. to. When you're lost out there and you're yeah, all okay. alone, pause. The light is waiting. So no, calm, keep going. it's waiting to carry you home. Everywhere you look, do the. Everywhere you look, I'm doing. Do the Yep. <laughs> Could not wait to do that. She's been um, waiting for so long to do that. I'm and I'm sorry you had to sit through the rest of that nonsense. No, here's what I want to address right now. Mm-hmm. And that is that you, Micah, claimed that you did not know the song at all. I don't know any of the words. It'll be hilarious <laughs> if I sing it because I don't know it at all. You know every word and you sing it exactly right. I was sandbagging you. You yeah. like to try to act like you don't love Full House. No, it all just came back to me in the moment. Mm-hmm. That whole like when you're lost out there part. I had totally forgotten about that, but childhood memories came rushing back. Mm-hmm. Full house just flooded all over me. It's disgusting. How is that disgusting, you pervert? So. So, yeah. Um, as you may have guessed, we're talking about full house this week. And I didn't mean to give the wrong impression, but I am not on board. I was not on board. I am not on board. <laughs> the full house ship sailed. Yeah. I was on the shore flipping this the whole fucking ship off. No, angry. you weren't. You I was were on the boat. And angry. No. You were clearly on the boat. I Everybody didn't like heard it. you sing that theme song. <laughs> you should have done a better job pretending you didn't know it if you wanted anyone to believe you. This show was not on our list. Because I hate it. Nope, that's oh. not why. But it well, was not on our list. Part of the reason why. At all. Um and it's funny, we have a huge list of things, but Sometimes we are just like, I want to go rogue. So I was looking up TV shows from the 90s, and I was like, wait a minute. Full House's last season took place while I was in Montana. I don't remember. Was it 94, 95, 95, 96? I don't fucking Doesn't care, matter. I remember. <laughs> but I was very excited. Um, it was the... Did they only have eight seasons? Yeah, only. It was... They had eight seasons. Uh, And so I said, how about Full House, Micah? And he said, fuck no. And I said, everywhere you look, (laughs) everywhere in the house. Yada, yada. Something like that. I just want to emphasize that this is Jen going rogue. I said I. I almost said we and I said I. When she goes rogue, she wants to watch Full House. Oh, I see your point. That's how rebellious she is. 
Well. She's dangerous, man. You never know what's going to happen. It's a bad show. And <laughs> I mean, I think everyone kind of knows that. Oh, but thank people you. also love it and loved it back in the day. I I loved this show when I was like 12, 11, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. 10 to 12. Sounds which about right. actually is sort of the perfect age for this show, right? Or younger. I mean, I bet our daughter would love this show. Oh, God. Uh, so we watched the first episode of the final season, and then the last episode, which was broken up into two episodes with a to-be-continued cliffhanger um, of that final season. So we watched a total of three episodes. Yeah, which was four too many for me. <laughs> and I was really disappointed that we didn't get any... In these three episodes, we didn't get any of Michelle's catchphrases. We got none. Yeah. That's what this show was known for. Like her, she said things that a little kid doesn't say and Yeah, what were her catchphrases? I don't know. You got it, dude. Oddly, I don't, none of her catchphrases are coming to my mind right now. But. Guess they weren't that good then. Oh, please. We got several voicemails this week, which I'm really (laughs) excited about. And we'll play them later. They're um, we asked for prom stories, but anytime you have a question or a comment or anything, you can call us at 206-395-5589, or you can always email us, info at ineversawthat.com. We love hearing from people uh, a lot. You can also post in our Facebook group or yeah, know, whatever. Okay, moving on. Full House, Season 8, Episode 1. Do we have to... The first thing I noticed was that Michelle was huge. Yeah, she's big. She's all grown up in this. So, but, okay, how old was she supposed to be in, like, the first season? I don't know. She was, like, a little baby, right? Yeah, she, was she was walking and around, and, yeah. She, yeah, she had those little catchphrases. You did ask at one point, because we were talking about how huge she was. You're like, how old is she supposed to be here, though? Like, six? I'm like, well, this is the eighth season, so... I think no, I know, she'd but have that, to be older. That was my point, was that they were making her seem very young. Yeah. And then I thought maybe, because there was also no way that she was like 10, which is how old she would have been if they if they um, filmed one season a year. Yeah. So I was wondering if they filmed a bunch of seasons, like in a short amount of time or something. No, I think she was probably nine or 10 in that final season. Well, she acted like she was six. This is something we could easily look up and figure out. Yeah, I know, out, but, but no one wants to. to. So they made. They were trying to keep. Us. They were trying to keep her the baby. Yeah. Well, another thing I noticed right away was that you know she was always the best part of the show. Everybody was she. Yes. Okay. Like it was all the show had going for it was that there was this cute baby that said funny shit. Okay. And so I'm gonna, what I'm I, push back I wait a bit. just let me finish my thought, which is that now in the eighth season. Jesse and Rebecca have twin boys who are now toddlers. Yes. So they just recreated that because they knew they needed that on the show because they don't have anything else. So two things. I'm going to push back a little bit. Uh And you brought, you kind of brought this up, but Uh they clearly had other great things going on in the show. Thousands. Oh, that's not the pushback I expected. Jesse's hair. Mm-hmm. All of Jesse's hair. Amazing. The other thing I want to mention, I had a note about this. I was curious about the twins. Jesse and Rebecca have twins who I are think I, yeah, like I just the little said kid that. replacement. Yeah. The thing I was curious about was <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Michelle <laughs> is actually twins. twins. <laughs> yeah. But they only had one on the show. So at there a are, time. There are two 
Right, at a time. There are two possible explanations. The reason they had only one character played by twins is because of child labor laws. You can't have a little baby on the set all the time. So they did that so that they could have these these two girls play one character and split up the time between them. So sometime during this eight-year period, either child labor laws changed and they were allowed to have the twins on all the time. Because the twins are, like, if they're on screen, they're both together all the time. Are you being serious about child labor laws? Or the other explanation is (laughs) they're actually quadruplets. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I think so. You think that's I think it? that's the only thing that makes sense. I don't think it had anything to do with child labor laws in at any point. No, it does. That's what I think it, it is. I, that's why. I thought it was because they needed breaks and stuff, and you can't keep a two-year-old like. Yeah, but there are also laws about how long you can have kids on set. But we're clear that they were those two boys are twa- definitely quadruplets. Quadruplets. Or more. Quadruplets. Yeah. <laughs> There was a joke at the beginning of the episode about, or several jokes, I guess, about losing the TV remote. Oh, that was like the cold open. Yeah, No one knew where it was, and they were all but, sitting around ready to watch a show, and they were like, I we guess didn't... we could just get up and turn the TV on. Right. And what I thought was interesting about that was that this was a time when remotes were fairly new still. Really? Yes. Like, people still had, people still got up and turned their TV on. I don't remember, ha- I did not have a television that you could turn on or off with a remote until later in life. Hmm. Unless I'm misremembering that, which well, I might be. you're also kind of mis- misremembering the whole gag at the beginning because the whole family is frantically looking for something, but we don't know it's a remote until the very end. Oh, yeah. I don't care about they're that. They're all might... just, they're like, is it here? Is it here? I was and just... they all run around. And then, of course, who has it? It's Comet. Comet has the TV remote. And then Bob Saget makes his one and only joke he ever made on the entire show. About how they could just get up and turn the I'm TV on. I'm actually going to push back on Bob Saget a little bit on you too, but not <laughs> You're right push now. Back on Bob Saget. I'm going to push Bob Saget right back on you. Don't do that. Um, He's a dirty, dirty man. My point was different than your point about the remote thing because the joke was stupid, so it didn't really need to be described. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like what you just did. Yeah. I was just trying to make a point about how it represented the time period. Okay, I was making the point that it was really clumsy. A clumsy way for them to introduce all the characters mm-hmm. and have this like heightened scene where all the characters on the show are looking around for it because it's the first episode well, not of a new season. A, yeah, it's a new season. So they're just but... showing them all. They're like, oh, this person's on, this person's on, this person's okay. on. It's going to be frantic. And it also introduced Comet as an important point yeah. because he is the crux of the whole rest of the episode. And I don't know how much okay. we care to get into it. But... Yeah, Comet gets lost because Michelle takes him out for a walk by herself. And it's Jesse's fault. And nobody gives a fuck. The big thing, the most important thing in this episode is not the lost dog or the little girl. It is the fact that Jesse's band is breaking up. Mm-hmm. It was really upsetting, you know? Yeah. I... And it led to some pretty awesome stuff i thought i mean i was pretty happy about the band breaking up because they fucking sucked although there was a guitar i wrote down awesome jimmy joke about cashing checks and i think i accidentally wrote jimmy and meant <laughs> someone else but i don't know <laughs> kimmy who? maybe oh it must have been kimmy yes kimmy's the best part of the show always was always will be fight me okay kimmy is super obnoxious and weird but she does have moments where she's really funny She's funny. She's genuinely funny. Like she had, and actually, uh, this is something I realized. You're gonna uh, fight me on this, but <laughs> watching it 
this time. Uh-huh. It's a very, very bad show. Mm, <laughs> like it's very mm. I don't even know how to how to judge a sitcom of the nineties, but I the writing is bad. It's very schmaltzy. The it's bad. But I did notice that the adults on the show are not as bad as I thought that they were. Mm, they're pretty bad. I just remember no. a catchphrase. You know it wasn't Michelle's. It was Joey's. We didn't get a single cut it out. You're right. We didn't. I just thought of one of Michelle's, though. Aw, nuts. <laughs> See, that's funny. Aw, nuts. Even you just saying it and thinking See? about little Michelle. It's cute. But cut it out, Joey. Joey, not funny. No, that was Also, funny. what the fuck? Can we just recap really quickly? For those of you not familiar with no, Full House. No, I wasn't done saying my thing. Okay, I'm sorry. The person who plays Rebecca, whose name I don't remember. Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. I wrote down at one point, give Lori Laughlin better material, man, because she's actually funny. She has, she has comic timing, and if she had better material to work with, she's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Bob Saget even a few times. I hated Bob Saget on this show. Like when I... (laughs) So did he. Once I got old enough to hate this show, which was, you know, 13 or so, I fucking hated Bob Saget because I thought he was just such a fucking cheeseball. Mm -hmm. And he is. But there were some times um, watching this where I was like, oh, I see it. I see the potential for him to be funny. They also have... The show's really odd because the premise it starts off the whole series the whole show starts off with this premise that's really kind of dark and weird danny tanner bob saget his wife dies and he has three kids and three daughters dj stephanie and michelle yeah so his wife's brother uncle joey no sorry his wife's brother uncle jesse played by john stamos moves in with him very very attractive man I don't care what you say, Micah. Which kind of makes sense. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move in and help you raise the kids. And then this fucking Canadian moron okay. also moves in with them. So Who the fuck is Uncle Joey? I This is also something we could look up and didn't. But when you said that to me, I have my entire life, I have been misled by Full House. And I <laughs> thought, I knew Uncle Jesse was, um, you know, the girl's mom's brother. I thought Uncle Joey was like Danny's brother or no, an actual uncle of some sort. He's just this Are you sure? fucking undocumented Canadian poutine-eating, hockey jersey-wearing dude that just showed up. Who the fuck is Uncle Joey? Why is he there? He's hiding from immigration. All right. So anyway, I wrote, somehow this show managed to make flannel super uncool, <laughs> which was hard to do in the 90s, but they did it. Kimmy is the only person on this show with any fashion sense, except for maybe Lori Laughlin. Kimmy's outfits fucking rule. Wow. I love her outfits. That's an interesting take because at the time, I guarantee her outfits were only played up as a joke. No. In the mid-90s, she was like the weirdo friend who dressed funny and was outlandish. Right. Some of, yeah, her outfits were like over the top sometimes, but I love them. They're fucking great. I just remember, the thing I remember about Kimmy was the little side ponytail thing that she always had. Yeah, that was a style of the 90s. I'm just saying that's what I remember about her. Let's see. Michelle was talking a lot about rubbing people in this episode. Imagine me, little Stephanie Tanner, rubbing elbows with the rich and famous. I'll party with them, but do I gotta rub them? 
I don't remember that. Here's a quote. I command you to drop those wieners. Oh, God. <laughs> Comet loves wieners, you guys. Yes, and they said wieners a lot. Do you but guys not, get it? Not in the way that you think, because... Do you get it, though? Which way did he go? That way. He was chasing a humongous wiener. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Comet runs away because he sees a giant wiener on top of a Volkswagen Beetle driving around San Francisco. So this whole episode, I think the main thrust of this episode, it wasn't about the band breaking up. The goal of this episode... That was a joke I was making. (laughs) I know. The goal of this episode for the writers, I think, was to let everyone know that this show is set in San Francisco. Because I think up until this point for seven seasons, it was very, like, not specific. And people didn't know where the show was set. I'm making Mm -hmm. a joke. Mm -hmm. Um, It was over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, in case anyone out there doesn't know, the Golden Gate Bridge features prominently in the title sequence. Oh, yeah, and the Painted Ladies. And it's a very San Francisco show. But that that first episode of season eight, they just laid it on real thick. Like, they drove to yeah, Coit Tower. It was like a, a tour of San Francisco. It was so weird. Because the dog, Comet, falls in love with a lassie lookalike dog. Mm-hmm. They ride a trolley together. They ride a trolley, and they somehow get to the top of Coit Tower. And the kids are out looking for them, and they suck at looking for things. Um, and Because they, they miss the dogs up there. Can we just go back a little bit and refer to it as Coitus Tower from now on? Because there was good one. definitely some dog fucking going on. Oh, there was so much just dog banging in this mm-hmm. episode. I mean, so the trolley goes by and all the kids are just facing the other direction toward nothing, by the way. And they're just like, hey, Comet. And then they turn their heads <laughs> like an inch back and forth. Comet. Comet. Hey, Comet. <laughs> Comet. <laughs> and there's like a, they never, none of them turn around, but the trolley goes by and the dogs mm-hmm. are just banging. Yeah, they're just fucking on a trolley. Mm-hmm. And none of the Rice Aroni San Francisco tree people are even noticing. They're just like, yeah, this is San Francisco, man. Dogs fuck here. Ew. Okay. You're gross. I took it too far. Mm, let's see. Let's see. I was thinking a lot about how funny it would have been. How much funnier this episode would have been if, like, when they were out looking for Comet, like, all the kids just got run over by cars. Mm. I and did I think was thinking that, that in Comet this was first... going to get hit by a car. I was thinking that in this first episode we watched. And by the end of the last episode we watched, <laughs> I was... This show had broken my brain. And I was, like, giggling maniacally. Just, like, <laughs> you were hoping fantasizing they were all die. about death. Yeah. Of these people. Oh, I don't have anything else to talk about with this episode. Okay, they, I, I do. They find Just, Comet. He comes home. Yeah, yeah, Big yeah. fucking deal. But Uncle Jesse breaks everything with his music. Yeah, he builds... Because he tries to be a one-man band. Yeah. and But he does have this, like, foot organ thing. What yeah. is that thing? It's just, like, pedals for an organ. It's super cool. But he uses it to play the bass. It's really, like... No, it's very stupid. It's a really cheesy, terrible scene it's not it's none of it's real none of it's possible or real but it is sort of funny when he just everything like falls everything breaks yeah i guess it's not really funny i mean i can barely even say it there was one other quote that kimmy said and i don't know what it's about maybe it's referring to things that happened in previous seasons but kimmy likes men covered in gravy for some reason (laughs) that's all i wrote down (laughs) oh kimmy best part of the show one other note I do have, the final scene, they're in the backyard. Um, Jesse and Michelle are talking, and the whole thing's about Jesse being 
so distracted by his band breaking up and he has a club that he's running and he didn't do a good job of taking care of Michelle and let her take the dog for a walk and he finally realizes that he's been distracted and he's terrible. But they're in this backyard and the backyard has AstroTurf. I mean, I get that it's on a soundstage somewhere, but is this the fucking Brady Bunch? Like... Oh, it's not It's not far off, They actually. should not have been doing this shit in the mid-90s. This is very much the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the backgrounds were so, I, I think, way more than the Brady Bunch even. There was, a, in the next episode, there's a scene where the background is clearly just a painting. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> obvious, but they are playing it like it's supposed to be a background, and it's not like they're... It's not like it's part of the joke, you know? It's yeah. just very bad. It's very bad. Last thing I want to say, you were talking about, yeah, so Uncle Jesse, a lot of episodes of Full House, maybe every episode, I'm not sure, <laughs> yeah. end with Uncle Jesse or sometimes Danny having a heart-to-heart with one of the girls. So this time it was Uncle Jesse and Michelle, and he like has her on his lap, and it's sweet, and he's taking responsibility for where he fucked up, and it is actually genuinely sweet but uh it's sweet until the audience goes oh <laughs> i'm really sorry shorty it's okay uncle jesse and then suddenly i want to stab stuff <laughs> it so much anger just let one fucking moment be genuine. <laughs> God. The final thing they say in the episode, I think, is Michelle says, I'd sure like to know what you did all day to comment. Oh, And yeah. I just wanted to answer, because we know. Yeah. He was fucking a dog. <laughs> he was fucking Lassie all day long. Just wanted to bring it back to that. <laughs> fucking a dog. Um, which is cool, because he's a dog. Yeah, I, I mean. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was definitely consensual. They were into each other. Yeah, yeah. There were like dog thought bubbles at one point. You could see that they were thinking about each other. And Oh, God, that's right. At the end. Jesus. Again. Yeah. Stab stuff. All right. Episode 23, which is the penultimate episode of Full House. Yes. Not just this season, y'all. The whole show. Yeah, this episode. Wait, so say that again without the... Yeah. I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> All right. I'm just trying to save I you. I am who I am. Save you editing. You signed up for this. Emotion. Knowing who you were signing up for this with. I did not. You did. Okay. First of all, my first note was Micah is so angry that we're watching this. <laughs> and I just want to talk a little bit about how angry Micah was when we were watching this. Mm-hmm. You were so angry, but not really. But you really were. But not really. No, but I was. You actually were. I usually... you also enjoy being angry do in this way, so... a lot of research for these. I yeah, like, I noticed I read you did about not things. do shit at all. I didn't all. do shit on this. I don't give a fuck. I'm you not reading about Full House. You're rebelling against, against this episode that you're recording right now. I watched three episodes, complete episodes of Full House. They were each approximately <laughs> six hours long. I have to tell you, this is something I said, I think, like, at one point I went and, you know took a piss and then came back and I was like, Micah, I got to tell you, I think this is, I think this is one of the best things we've ever done. I think this is one of the best decisions we've ever made. And it did. I don't know why it felt that way to me, but it really did. Hmm. Anywho, episode 23, I would say the main plot is about Michelle and horses, but 
there's also a prom plot. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited about that because I've been thinking a lot about ways that we can get our listeners more involved in the show and have more listener participation. Um, It's something we did more back when we were doing My So-Called Life, which I think doing an ongoing show maybe lent itself more to that. But we had like a whole bracket with characters and we had... um, Giveaways. We had some awesome giveaways. Anyway, so... So we found some amazing Uncle Joey signed portraits. No, just kidding. I didn't. I was excited that this was about prom because I had been thinking that one of the things I would really like to do is start hearing from people about their experiences in high school. Like people, you know, the there are those like quintessential high school things that supposedly everybody experiences and I want to hear people's stories about them because obviously I miss those things. So prom is one of the biggest ones. So... I, we asked for people to leave us voicemails or to write us stuff, and we got several. So I'm very excited about that. We're going to play one right now. So I just want to let everybody know that I wanted to ask for voicemails about everyone's stories about dogs, um, but this was a better <laughs> idea. So, Just dogs or dogs doing it? Well, I was going to leave it open, but you know we were going to get dog fucking stories. Yeah, I mean, everybody has one of those, too. That'll be a different, we'll ask for dog sex submissions. No, we will not. Another time. And this has gone on too long, so let's oh, move it on. It always does. <laughs> it was a much better idea to ask for prom stories. Hey, it's Devin from the Streamer's Guide to the Galaxy and Roxball and Fable podcasts. I think I have far too many at this point. But I'm here to talk a little bit about my prom night. So I never went to my prom when I was in high school because, I mean, there was only like 43 of us in total. I'm from rural Nevada, so there's not too many people, very poor country, stuff like that. Uh, my girlfriend, who is now, well, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, her name is Lauren, she co-hosts the Streamers Guide with me. Uh, she was from across town, and she really wanted to go to her prom. She was a little younger than me. So I pulled out all the stops. I went to the crazy expensive tux. We drove in a limo all the way up to Lake Tahoe, uh, which is like the, the cool place to be from in northern Nevada. And when we got there, I was so terrified of everything, including the idea that someone from the opposite sex still wanted to be around me. You know, I was new to the whole dating scene. Um, but I, I kind of, you know, I spent the whole night, you know, anxiety riddled and kind of sweaty, if I'm being honest. So uh, the only things that I really remember from that night are standing outside the ladies' bathrooms really awkwardly with all the other dudes that were just kind of swapping stories about how you ended up there and all that stuff. I, I sunk into the back because I'm anxiety riddled most of the time and uh, didn't really talk to too many people. But the only other thing that I remember from that night was as we walked in, we were handed stuff and Lauren was handed a giant glass paperweight shaped like a diamond and I was handed a giant, well, what I can only really describe as a beer stein with a uh, the handle shaped like a giant muscular arm, which is sending mixed signals to an 18-year-old when you give him a, a glass that is so obviously designed for alcohol. It was really fucking weird. So uh, thanks for the opportunity and uh, talk to you later. 
<laughs> That's so good. That story encapsulates so much of prom perfectly. Yeah, right? And the high school experience. Thank you so yes. much, Devin. Thank you, Devin. I don't know where to start. I think I have to start with the so being just sweaty and anxiety ridden. I think that's actually how everybody felt during prom, <laughs> probably. I always think of like those first date feelings of like holding in a fart and having a tummy ache all night. <laughs> that's how I think of prom and prom nights. Like God. everybody just really has to fart right now. Really? And they're all uncomfortable. That's what? You, what? <laughs> wow. I mean, trust me, I do relate 100% to being sweaty and anxious. <laughs> like, that's how I live my life. But um, <laughs> that's and, – and just, like, the image of standing outside the bathrooms yeah. made me laugh so much because, <laughs> you know, we all know that feeling. Like, just standing there awkwardly trying to make small talk yes. about nothing. But I think it's so sweet that, first of all, I did not know – I mean, I don't know why I would have known, but – I didn't know that Devin and Lauren were high school sweethearts. Oh, That's really yeah. sweet. That is sweet. And it's really sweet that he did all that for her because she wanted to go to her prom. And that's really sweet, Devin. Yes. He also posted in our group a picture oh. of the beer sign. Oh, my God. It's so weird. It's amazing. It is so weird. Which reminds me also, if you have pictures from your prom, oh God. I would love to see those as well. Send them to me. Whether I mean, whether you left me a voicemail or not, like... I would love to see people's prom photos. That would make me so happy. <laughs> so I, like Devin, did not go to my senior prom. Um, I also grew up in a small town. There were 48 of us in my graduating class, and we didn't actually have a prom, a senior prom. I was going to say, I thought you didn't have a prom. Yeah. So my school didn't do a senior prom, and I, I did remember this. Um, Tim was a high school friend of mine, and he went to college with us also. Tim um, is a friend. He's in our Facebook group yeah. and is a loyal uh, fan of our podcast. And Hi, he, Tim. He spurred my memory on this, but he asked why we didn't have a prom. We had a thing called a Mayday Dance, um, where girls literally like they got girls from the elementary school to dress up and dance around a maypole which is this like big spring pagan festival awesome thing so we did that instead of a prom the reason they told us because we did talk about like people in my class wanted a senior prom and it got shut down because i think they said it would be too exclusive and the mayday dance like everybody could go all classes could go to mayday and they didn't want to have this why not just make Senior. prom? Why not just call it prom and make it? Because they they just had never done it. They had May Day. That was the tradition there. Um, and honestly, I, I mean, think that was probably a good idea because a party with like forty eight people there wouldn't be very good. But Tim pointed out that the the dances weren't well attended anyway, so it would have been fine. But yeah, I didn't go to my senior May Day dance because. I went to a Bad Religion concert instead. Oh, they you're were, such a cute little badass. I know. I'm so hardcore. You're so punk rock. Um, they were in Portland playing a concert on our May Day night, and there was no fucking way I was going to miss that because back then, a band came through Portland maybe once a year on their tours. Yeah, Portland wasn't the big shit yet. So when they came through, it was a big deal, and I had to go see them. So I went to a Bad Religion concert at La Luna, Oh. Instead of Mayday. La Luna is an old club that used to exist in Portland. It was pretty small. I saw the Smashing Pumpkins there when I was 15 before I was sent away from home. It was amazing. And I also saw Elliot Smith there before it closed. Oh, nice. Oh, and Gift of Gab? 
Didn't yeah, we see Gifted yeah, Gab there? We saw Black Alicious there. Fucking amazing. All right. So it's a bit of a tangent. So that's your story? That's one of my stories. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to the other one. Let's uh, get into this episode a little bit before we come back to some more prom stuff. Okay. <laughs> so DJ got a haircut between episode one and the final episode mm-hmm. of this season. That's yep. what I noticed. That's the most important But she couldn't thing. get a date for prom. That was introduced right away. In the first episode, she broke up with her rich boyfriend and in Nelson. The meantime, we didn't see it, but she dated a guy named Viper. But then they broke up and now she has no date for the prom. But Kimmy's gonna fix it. Yeah. Who cares about that? What I care about <laughs> is that <laughs> there was a, a scene uh early on. Becky was like cleaning the kitchen. I called her Rebecca before. That is her name, but she usually mm. goes by Becky. Um, and I was like, what the fuck is she wearing? Because it looks like a sweats jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. that It was like a sweatsuit for someone much, much larger than she was. I think it was a sweats jumpsuit. <laughs> it was weird. You know what I hate? I hate when audiences go, oh, and I hate when audiences go, audience kids? God <laughs> damn They're it. The worst. I hate it when audiences go, Woo! Oh God! Every time anyone kiss. kisses or anything, makes me so mad. Again, stab oh, things. Oh God! Yeah, that was forced and terrible. Oh, Kimmy brought a whole bunch of nerds over mm-hmm. for DJ to choose from as dates, and I actually thought that part was kind of funny because was it um, DJ Candace Cameron who said, "What'd you do? Raid a Star Trek convention?" <laughs> I think so. Uh, and then at the end, Kimmy says that so she funny. has to. Um, Drive them all home because they have to have their allergy medicine or something. (laughs) I mean, it was funny. Candace Cameron's acting is so fucking bad, though. Oh, yeah. She's terrible. So if you don't know who Candace Cameron is, she's Kirk Cameron's little brother. Mm, No, little sister. (laughs) So that's who she is. I thought she was so cool when I was probably about 11. I really thought she was so cool. But And maybe she is cool. But what I know is that Lay it she on sucks at acting. Yes. Or at least she, I don't know. I feel bad saying that because honestly, it's really just, it's just bad material, man. Yeah, the writing wasn't good either. I mean, again, it's like they're not, this group of people is not the unfunniest group of people in the world. I can think of other mm, sitcoms that have way worse people on them. It's just that it's, okay, fine. What? I'm just trying to be, oh, come on. <laughs> Oh, um, man, there was a part where Joey, Uncle Joey, he fell off the balcony. It would have uh, been so hilarious if he died. Yeah, so Joey and Jesse, I one thing, another thing I noted was that Jesse and Joey's hair both got longer. So they... Sweet mullets, both of them. They are radio DJs. They do like a morning radio show or something. Jesse um, and Joey? Yeah. What? But they're pitching an idea in this episode for a tv show they want to have their own tv show and the note i wrote was is their tv show going to be called mullets on assholes because that would be the perfect name oh now i'm just picturing mullets on assholes oh just watch full house no 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 like on assholes yeah that's no like actual assholes no that's literally what full house is Mm mm-hmm I started I started writing or um, putting the laughing emoji next to things that made me laugh. Here's one. Oh, I thought it was going to be whenever they did a terrible laugh from the audience. No. Uncle Jesse said, I think I bruised a sideburn. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, 
Come oh, on. yeah. So the reason Joey oh, falls off funny. the balcony and Jesse bruises sideburn is because they're going to do some weird wrestling, wrestling stunt thing. thing for their TV show. We don't. I don't want to talk about that anymore. It's stupid. Oh, I there is part of that that oh, I'm going to talk about a little bit. Okay. Well, there are a couple other storylines that we need to get going here. So Michelle is taking writing lessons and she's really into it. In this super snooty stable. Yeah, we can just cover that story. I mean, it is sort of the main storyline, but it's really stupid it's really boring it's yeah. like here's that let me just tell it real quick okay so michelle's taking riding lessons at this stable there is another girl there who's a sweet little girl and she's good at jumping horses and so is michelle but her mom's a total dick bag and <laughs> uh she's really snooty and she starts talking shit to danny now this isn't about winning or losing <laughs> of course it isn't especially if you're losing you wouldn't want to get her hopes up for nothing. Well, I, I don't know if you saw Michelle riding out there, but if she entered the competition, she could win. Enjoy your little fantasy, because in reality, my Elizabeth wins this competition every year. Oh, really? Well, not this year, because Michelle Tanner's going to kick your butt. Here's the thing about Full House. There is not an original joke in it. I think that is the thing ultimately that makes it bad to me. There's nothing original or thought-provoking ever. It is the most bland... God, anyway. And it's amazing because a group of adults, like grown people that were writers and making a lot of money, sat in a room and wrote that shit intentionally. And people loved it. And that's the thing, is that those writers know... That a lot of people just want to be comforted. They don't want to be challenged. They don't even need their jokes to be original. It's just <laughs> like, I'm serious. They're I mean, like dad, I'm not, they're dad jokes. Yes. And I'm not saying that people are dumb for that. I'm saying that it's, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe people are dumb for that, actually. People are, people are stupid. So <laughs> we'll just go with that. Wow. Anyway, so if you're a person, so let me finish. We, I never saw that. Just want you to know that you're dumb. But also, if you love Full House, that's okay. And I understand. <laughs> but you are stupid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I mean, I love bad things too, you know? And I loved this show, like I said, when I was a kid. And I think I think it's a show that was meant for kids. That's the thing. Like, did any adults even watch this show? I honestly think this was a show that was meant for, you know, kids aged probably it was 5 like to 12. like a prime time. I mean, yeah, that's part of the target demographic, but it was like a primetime sitcom. Anyway, we don't need to think a whole lot more about that because yeah, it will make us just want to stab stuff. Michelle gets signed up for the competition, but then they show up that day and they're both like, you know what? Fuck this competition. They decide to go out and ride together just for fun. Because the that's kids all just want to ride. That's all they fucking want to yeah. do. And Danny and the, and the dick bag mom are like talking shit to each other, but then the girls never show up. And what happens is they're out riding and Michelle falls off the horse. And Michelle dies. Oh, it would have been series. so good. It would have been such a good <laughs> ending. But no, it didn't happen that way. She was knocked out. And then she wakes up in the hospital but doesn't remember anybody. And that's what... That was the next... I know. That's what the next episode's about. I'm just trying you to gotta wrap You've got to do that. it to be continued, Jen. She falls off the horse. Danny <gasps> runs up. And somebody, Danny, Joey, and Jesse, all get on horses to go look for her. And... Joey somehow gets on a donkey and does. Oh yeah, that was I don't know what funny. the fuck he did. That was it funny. It was not 
anything oh my a human God, would do right. oh, I wish whilst we could on post... the back of an equine. I wish type we animal. could post videos. He was like sitting on the he was trying to make it look really dramatic. He had hold of the reins and he was but, but he's he was holding like them straight moving up. Moving his and... body back oh, and God. forth in this It was so dumb. <laughs> he could not figure it was out so why dumb. he was doing that. It was dumb for Joey. Like for that yeah, character, it was right? it was another level. And that is Jesus really... it was bad. Anyway, one of them, as they come up on Michelle, who's lying in the grass and obviously fell off her horse, one of them literally says, oh, my gosh. That's their response. What would you like their response to be? What the fuck? Or, well, holy shit. You know that they're not Or even, do oh, that. my God. Or, the, oh, my gosh, just isn't, nobody has ever said that in the history of finding your daughter lying on the ground because she... Was knocked unconscious after falling off. You're horse. right. Gosh is weird. No human has ever said, "Oh my gosh." I, it, I, it was like a Christian show. I swear. I don't know that for sure, but it has that feel of like family Christian values. Yeah, lots of good family values. I think that's why I hate it. I do have to say, I don't hate it. The three men in the show are pretty good dudes. They're idiots. They're dumb. They have terrible hair. No, they, they are. tell bad jokes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. This is not a show that promoted or glamorized toxic masculinity at all as far as i can tell that's a good point they mostly made fun of it when i think it's usually jesse that like needs to be super masculine yeah but becky kind of keeps him in his place and i mean that is a really good point that and the first episode we just talked about at the end i just sort of mentioned it in passing but jesse is talking to michelle and he's taking he's apologizing Mm -hmm. to her for him fucking up which i I think that that is pretty was pretty rare to see. Well, maybe not. That's a typical sitcom. It thing. is. You're right. Well, for dads is what yeah, I'm saying. But you're right. Dad. No, that was a total. You're right, though. Now I'm thinking like that was a total trope. It was. It was like the dad always fucks up, and then has to eat crow or yeah. apologize. Yeah. But it's a pretty good. But yeah, it's wholesome not, show. You're right. It's there isn't toxic masculinity in the way that a lot of sitcoms have or had. And I'm sure there were other instances of that in earlier seasons that I'm not thinking of. Yeah, but. I don't know if there were. I mean, because actually the way that the three men – so Becky eventually moves in. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the beginning, it was just the three men and the girls. They are sweet together. Like, they love each other, these three men. And yeah. they're not, like, afraid to express that love, you know? They hug a lot. Yeah, yeah, in exactly. this family so that comes you, up later. I'm glad you brought that up. That is a really good point. That's a very big positive about this show. Okay. I do have a thing to say about Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey just real quick when they were wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because I that scene made me laugh very hard. And the reason is not because it was funny. The reason is because it was, oh God, it was um, amazing. Because what they <laughs> did was... Well, here is a part that did make me laugh. Here's a line delivered by John Stamos as Uncle Jesse. He said, and he's talking to his kids who, by the way, I don't know what their fucking names are. Uh, Boys, there's a time to have fun. There's a time to be serious. And right now, it's time to be serious. Joey, put your ankle in my armpit. Yeah. It's hilarious. So anyway, they're wrestling and um, they did. (laughs) So Joey created a leg lock where they basically had their legs locked together he didn't create it but he got no, it no, from no, some not wrestling crea- that's not what i meant yeah. i meant with their bodies he created yeah. it but it wasn't just that their legs were locked they had their legs up like wrapped around like one of his legs was wrapped around jesse's head mm-hmm. and then 
they acted like they couldn't unlock. They were like they were stuck in that stuck, position. Yeah. I got my legs all locked up. Hence the name, leg lock. <laughs> How do we unlock? Well, either I uh, put my foot around your neck like this mm-hmm. and... <laughs> this isn't working. The other way is to um, get the big book of wrestling holds off my bed and see what it says. And, and they rocked back and it forth. It made me lose my mind because, yeah, they're rocking back and forth and they're like, oh, God, we're stuck. Oh, we're locked together. And I'm looking at them and I could see how simple it basically his leg was just resting on his shoulder. He could have just slipped his leg off his shoulder. It was not. It was so stupid. It was stupid. It was so remarkably stupid that it made me very happy. There was another was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Great quote from that scene. And it's funny we were just talking about Christian family values because there were a few nods to weird sexual things. Oh. Right after I think Joey says, put your armpit my leg or ankle in my armpit or whatever. Put your ankle in my armpit. I think Joey says, lay down flat on the mat and put one of your legs up in the air. And then everyone's like, huh? They all do like reaction shots. Like that's a really yeah. weird sexual thing to say. I guess. I there was think another was... thing where during the um, the whole horse thing, Danny goes out and buys a saddle and a bunch of riding equipment for Michelle. And then he comes in and I don't remember who says it, but he's carrying a camera and a saddle. And the line is, camera and a saddle, big date tonight. Oh, yeah. Which is weird. I mean, but then this is the part that, really irritated me was that later they showed jesse and joey at the horse uh competition mm-hmm. and they're just there and i was like how the fuck did they get out of the leg lock that's a good question because they asked the boys to help them but they were like no you said that you didn't want our help you didn't want us involved so they i left. just thought that should have been a bigger part of the plot you know i think that should have been the end of their characters on the show they were just locked like, together just locked forever and then they died. Mm-hmm. Freeze frame. I think it would have been super cool if everybody just died. Oh, man. On the, at the end. In a way, they did, because I did not take any notes <laughs> on the second episode well, of the show. what's really funny is that Danny said, I guess he must have been talking to Michelle, but correct me if I'm wrong. He said, I'll tell you what my track coach told me before my, ber- my first big track meet. Tanner, keep those water bottles filled. Mm. It made me laugh. And mm-hmm. then after I took that note, I wrote, this is getting hilarious. <laughs> and that's when I started laughing your like continuously. And that's when you mm-hmm. said, oh, my God, this show broke your brain. Yeah, Full House broker. All right. So let's get back into some prom stuff. Okay. This one uh, was sent in in writing. So I'm just going to read this one. So this is one of our listeners. And they say, I was on scholarship and went to a prep school with a bunch of elite rich kids. Our prom was at the Washington Athletic Club, which is a very hoity-toity private club in downtown Seattle. Then, as they're insanely wealthy, the after parties and places where we were to crash were on the east side. So my date and I found a gas station on the way and had stand-up sex in the bathroom. Because we couldn't afford to be where everyone else was, and we were trash. Wow. Yay, prom! (laughs) I love this one very much. Thank you, uh, listener. I I told this person I would not use their name. And I was wondering why you weren't using it. No, it, well, it's because <laughs> because they this person doesn't really care, but they were worried about outing the other, like mm-hmm. their date. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. 
I love this one because it is, it's closer to, well, I don't know. It's just so not wholesome. And I love that about it. You know, I love the stand up sex in the gas station bathroom because that's something I can sort of relate to, you know? <laughs> that's uh, more like the, the dream, the typical prom story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's true. It is pretty, I mean, everyone can relate to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's, let's listen to another voicemail. Okay. Uh, this one is from our friend James. You have heard him on our show before. He was on our Empire Records episode, and we have also guested on his show. So without further ado, here's James. Hello, this is James from Unabashedly Obsessed and Kids on Bikes uh, calling in to tell some prom stories. Uh, I went to prom three times. Uh, I went once my junior year, and I took a girl who was a senior who was a friend of a friend. Uh, we had been friendly, but I, I got into my head that I, I really needed a date to prom. And so I uh, had heard this girl say that if I asked her that she would say yes. And so I asked her, and she said yes, and we had a fine time. Um, her friends largely weren't my friends, the ones that we went with. Um, so it was sort of a lot of me sort of sitting there not talking, which was not very fun. Um, and then the next year was my senior year, and I got to take a girl that I really wanted to take, um, who I had, you know, who I asked, and it wasn't like one of those quid pro quo, I'll do it if you, you know, if you ask me, whatever. Uh, she, at first she said no, and then she said yes. She was the friend of a friend, and I had a huge crush on her, and she was a, a freshman in high school, and I asked her, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I was a little distracted because she was sort of flirting with uh, a guy she had dated, uh, at prom, um, and so, but otherwise, you know, largely we had we had a really really great time. I just know that in my journal I wrote about how she um, she was just sort of distracted by this other guy. Then uh, after I left high school, um, when I was back from my freshman year of college, uh, this girl asked me to go with her, um, and that was very fun. I was very flattered to go with her and sort of uh, you know accompany her. I feel really bad though because. Then I was distracted um, by sort of visiting with old friends from, from school and stuff, and I don't think I really paid her the attention that she deserved on her senior prom night. Um, so that was kind of weird. Um, sort of a non – I didn't really have a traditional prom experience um, uh, any of the times, but I did have fun, uh, and I had some good memories, and I took lots of pictures. So uh, I hope that I've called the right number. <laughs> and – uh, thank you for listening. Bye. James did call the right number, but <laughs> I didn't have our voicemail set up yet when he called. So sorry about that, James. But thank you so much for calling. Is James not the sweet, like, he's just, he's we both, so pure. He's so sweet. I mean, just, I love this voicemail. We both said, as soon as you played it at the very beginning, when he said, I went to prom three times, we both, we for both some said, reason, were like, of course, of course he, he did. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means, but it just fits. It's because James is a very social guy. And yeah, like, yeah. It, it's, I just love that. First of all, I love that he had, he had fun at prom. He had fun with it. And that he still thinks about, like, he's still thinking about feeling bad about not giving his date the proper attention for her senior prom. I like that he really took us on a journey there. Like, it was, <laughs> you know, in the first one. He was kind of annoyed because 
the girl was not oh no that was the second one there was there was just some parallel storytelling structures in there where <laughs> his date was distracted and flirting with someone else and then he was yeah. distracted and, and, and he to wrote people. about it in his journal yes come on i love it i love it thank you so much james all right we're gonna play one more voicemail right now this one is from one of our listeners named laura hi jen I'm guessing this is now eventually she listens to this message. My name is Laura, and I was literally just on Facebook and saw your post about asking for your prom stories. I don't have any fun ones where we got drunk or anything, but I just remember my junior year in prom, the very last song they played was the Grease Mega Mix, and just standing in the middle of the floor, thrusting my eye, arms out to the sides, and thinking, those summer nights. So I'm just loving the podcast and thought I'd give you my tiny prom story. Have a great one. Bye. The summer night. <laughs> yeah, that song. I mean, you can't help but sing along to that song. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. There's a couple of things I love about this. I mean, first of all, just that you sang in your voicemail, which I have the <laughs> utmost respect for. Secondly, I. it's funny to me that you said... I don't have any fun ones where we got drunk or anything. And it's it's funny to me because that is sort of the the, prom the stereotypical yeah. prom experience. But I actually really love hearing from people who weren't fucking hammered because I don't know how to explain it, but it is um, comforting. It's comforting to me to know that there were and are high school kids who go to these events and are not fucking hammered. Like they go and they dance and they sing along with Grease songs. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a fun night. Like, that actually really very much warms my heart because, you know, I was not having those experiences. You know, when I was in high school, I was hammered literally all the time. So, for me, it's very fun to hear, like, you know, your pure, fun prom story. So, thank you so much. Okay. So, let's fucking finish this Full House shit. Okay. Um, we got to wrap some things up. I mean... No one cares about the plot. We don't really have to wrap anything up. <laughs> you know, Michelle wakes up, doesn't remember anybody. How did Michelle start remembering again, Micah? Well, I want to back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. She Michelle's in the hospital. Yeah. She wakes up and Danny comes to say something to her, like and he doesn't she doesn't know who any of them are. Danny and Joey and Jesse are there and she doesn't recognize them. So the doctor pulls them aside and they're they're literally in the same room. She's right there. And the doctor just says some stuff about how it's very common, head injuries, that the person has amnesia and it'll probably just go away in a few days. I don't think any of that's true at all. They're very, I mean, it's a very like TV head injury too. It's like traumatic enough that she has amnesia, but there's no blood, there's no bandages, there's nothing. No, there's no outward injuries at all, which no. is actually really funny because she just... fell off a fucking horse. You have amnesia. She would have had some cuts and bruises or a broken limb, more likely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that dude was a doctor, is what I'm saying. (laughs) You know what? It's weird that you say that because I just started this podcast about, uh, it's called Doctor Death, and it's about this doctor who who, like fucks people up and like, so like maybe he, maybe that was Doctor Death. Maybe. Oh, but. I doubt it. Unfortunately, nobody dies. So they go home and she's Michelle doesn't remember anyone and everyone's trying to jog her memory. And um, another note I did write down was, um, does amnesia make you an asshole? Because Michelle is kind of an asshole to everybody. 
during most of this episode. She just keeps shutting everybody down and she's not, I mean, she's fine. She's like. I don't remember that. Kind of annoyed because everyone, she doesn't know anyone and it's an uncomfortable situation. But anyway, it gets wrapped up. She remembers everything. Did you want to talk about how she remembers everything, Jen? No, I. that's what I was asking you to talk about. But it was the most significant thing to ever happen on a Full House episode. And that is that both Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were on screen at the same time. Yes. Because Michelle has a dream. So everybody's trying to jog her memory the whole time. And then... She just wants to lay down and take a nap. Yeah. And for some reason, this... I don't know why this dream jogged her memory. (laughs) That's not clear. Doesn't matter. She has a dream where she is talking to herself. And we were both like, oh, my God. It's Mary-Kate and Ashley. On screen. Together. Together. I don't remember anything else about that scene. But um, anyway, then she wakes up and she remembers shit. Mm -hmm. So that's that. Wrap that up. But one of the things that they do to try to jog her memory is that Danny, Joey, and Jesse sing to her. And they sing in this very, like, kind of barbershop quartet It's her favorite song. It's my favorite part of any of this. I loved it because I genuinely love that shit. I love, I loved it. And it also reminded me of Three Men and a Baby. Have you seen that movie enough to know what I'm talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. What song did they sing then? It's the scene where they sing the song. Mm -hmm. Sing it. Hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. That's not it, my Nope. That's not even a song. That is a song. Well, but I did it backwards. It's the one that goes... Good night, sweetheart. Well, oh. it's time to go. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Ba-dum, ba-dum. I hate to leave you, but I really must say good night, sweetheart. Good night. I've never heard you sing the right notes before. <laughs> that was so good. Come on, I've sung some right notes before. No, not like that, where it's like your own part that you have to come in and like, that was Micah. You were impressed? That was good. We sang a little song together. Yeah. We're never able to do that because... Because I'm not good at singing. It's not because of that. It's because you have you have this guard uh, uh, about like human joy. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate it. I hate human joy. <laughs> human joy. And it um, makes me sing the wrong notes. Oh, uh, here's another... Here's something I put a laugh emoji on. Listen, you and I have to have a serious talk. <laughs> you know, it would be a lot easier if your underwear was inside your pants. Mm, more wrestling scenes. I love Joey how every time I read something that made me laugh, your response, <laughs> you just go, mm. Mm, Yeah. Which yeah, is understandable. That's how I felt about this whole experience. Let's get back to prom. That's the only thing left that matters. So prom is happening. DJ still doesn't have a date. First of all, DJ decides to go anyway. Or did she know she was going to have a date? She was going to go with Dwayne's cousin. Kimmy's boyfriend, Dwayne. Oh, he was funny. Has a cousin who's a magician. He was funny. I liked him. Do you remember him? Yes. At first, all he said was, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, he busted out like quoting Shakespeare. It was funny. He reminded me of Doug from the state, Michael Showalter's character, who says... Whatever, man, I'm out of here. He doesn't do it like that, but it's, At all. it's no. weird. Um, okay, well, anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kimmy and Dwayne and DJ and Dwayne's cousin, I guess, are going to yeah. go to the prom. But then Dwayne's cousin can't go. Last minute. 
Yeah, but she's going to go anyway. Anyway, the fucking thing I'm trying to get to here is that I was fully expecting full-on tacky 90s prom dress. Mm. DJ's prom dress was gorgeous. It was gold. It was gold. It was very tasteful. It was like very it was very elegant. Mm. It was floor length. I mean, seriously, it was gorgeous. And then Kimmy shows Kimmy's up dress and was she's wearing awesome. a fucking amazing dress as well, but it's a lot more uh 90s. 1990s. Hey, wait until you see the prom dress I just bought. It is so me. Is that a good thing? <laughs> Are you kidding? Well, of course I haven't bought the batteries yet. Very it tacky 90s. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. Uh it was it was great. It was perfect. Anyway, so at the end it's supposed to be this big reveal that this guy Steve shows up. Mhm. That's like the whole thing has been building to this. And unfortunately, we didn't watch any of this season. So this guy showed up and DJ was like, oh, it's Steve. Yeah. And we were like, who the fuck is Steve? Well, I think Steve was from previous seasons because oh. they said during this season but she dated, she him dated or Nelson and Viper. So I think Steve was like her boyfriend from previous seasons. So it was a big deal that he came back for the finale. That makes sense. So that's that. They go to prom and shit and then... Uh, at the end, Michelle remembers stuff, and the whole family's together, and Uncle Jesse is always the one that delivers the heavy emotional lines, and he does that at the end, and <laughs> I honestly, though, I, and I don't know, again, because we did zero research on this, I don't know if they knew it was the finale. I think they did. Okay, so. But it was one of the most underwhelming finales yeah. it was weird it, it just had seemed... a different tone than i imagine the rest of the show had because that amnesia and head hitting thing was pretty dark and upsetting but it for wasn't this show. because it it's wasn't but it's right but they don't usually even try to deal with that kind of stuff well i mean the whole premise is that their mom died yeah so they do deal with stuff I and guess. i will say john stamos is good at delivering those you know sweet lines with the girls and stuff but I was thinking, so if everyone did know that this was the finale, guaranteed, like, everyone watching that show was sobbing. People who loved <laughs> Full House, they were sobbing at the end of that. Lots That's of what tears. I was thinking watching this. And I was like, I feel zero emotion right now. But I do know people were really invested, you mm -hmm. know? People were really sad at the end, I'm sure. Well, it was clearly a final scene. It was just yeah. kind of tacked on, it felt, and rushed i mean they wrapped up all the loose ends but it just I, didn't have the emotional gravity that you would think a show ending after eight years would have they had one line right. where uncle jesse says mm. this thing and then danny finishes it with like we always will yeah yeah that's it that's full house that's the end of full house thank i feel God. happy that we did it but jen it's not the end of full house it came back they brought it back and we're not Fuller fucking house. watching those well i think i might have nope. to no, 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 not for the podcast. I think I just need to now. Not in this house. I not know, on that TV. I know it's going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. I'll allow it. Anyway, okay, we got to wrap this up, <laughs> but we have a couple more prom stories. Yes. To share. So uh, I'm going to read one. So this one is from our pod buddy, Kate Harlow, who is on the, she had a podcast called Subverted Tropes, and it was great, is great. You can go listen to it. She's also on Kids on Bikes. Uh, which you heard James mention, and it's one of my favorite shows right now. So here's her prom story. Important backstory. I was made fun of all through grade school, and one of the easy insults that lazy bullies resorted to was to call me a lesbian. 
How they decided this, I have no idea, but there you have it. Kate Harlow, the lesbian. So, junior prom, not having a date, I invited a friend from another school district and convinced her to rent a tux. This is badass so far. Originally, I was going to, I was going to as well, but then I found a gorgeous dress on sale for $20, so my friend was left to herself. Understand, she was a ballerina, she was tall and thin and slicked her hair up in a high bun, and she looked fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> we went, we danced with a bunch of guys, and even had the formal portrait of the two of us taken. The is she or isn't she drama I created was delicious. <laughs> then I hatched a plan. I let my hair grow for the next year straight, no trims, nothing. My hair was easily down past my shoulder blades. The day of senior prom, I went to a salon and had it chopped off. I had my mother make me a dress. It was the Marilyn Monroe seven-year itch dress in black silk. I looked amazing. Yeah. I went to prom with no date and danced with all the other girls' dates because big poofy princess skirts were in fashion that year, and I was the only one who could actually move around to dance. <laughs> Again, delicious. The very most delicious fact since then is that I discovered my own sexuality and I identify as pansexual. So I'm super gay. Thanks, high school bullies. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much kate i don't know if that last line was supposed to be funny or not yeah but i think it's yeah. pretty badass that you did both of those proms that way um the whole thing is badass as yeah. is kate and i just i love everything about well i do not love that you were bullied kate because that's yeah fucking bullshit but also people are assholes and you're a wonderful person and um I just love the way that you got through that, and I love this story. Yeah, and thank you for bringing a different um, perspective and experience to our prom stories. Right? We love that your story comes from a different perspective, and that it addresses sexuality, because um, this is one of those things about the typical prom experience, mm -hmm. is that it relies on the assumption that everyone is straight, right? So I love that. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, and people really are cool. probably like talking about me a straight white dude who prom was designed for in every way basically talking about me being anxious and sweaty and holding in my farts all night and not being comfortable it's really uncomfortable the whole prom situation probably for a lot of people yeah and it's probably better now but yeah one of the we things were going um i don't know any people that were out yeah, that like went with someone of the same gender or sex or At whatever. My prom or my mayday dances or anything like no. that. No. Okay, we're gonna play our last voicemail. Um, this one comes from our friend Hannah, and here we go. Hi, Jen and Micah. This is Hannah calling from Way Too Broad and So Dreamy podcast. You asked for prom stories. I have a little one. It's nothing tremendous, but um, we only had a junior prom at my high school, and uh, I moved to town my sophomore year as a really insecure, um, overweight <laughs> teenager. Um, so I had made some friends, but certainly not any sort of um, anywhere near romantic connections. I was deeply afraid of talking to boys at all. Um, so I think I did ask one boy to go with me who was a year behind me. He was like the only boy I ever picked up on him thinking I was attractive, but he would not attend on principle because he was a rebel and just kind of generally an annoying person. So that was probably for the best. So I ended up going 
by myself um, with a group of friends who most of them had dates. And uh, for the most part, that was really great and fine. And I danced in, you know, circles like teenagers do. Um, but when the slow songs came on, it was uh, kind of sad or it at least looked sad because I would just like kind of wander off the dance floor while everybody paired up. And uh, one thing that I'll always remember is there was a couple um, named Dan and Angie who they weren't even really close friends of mine. They were like theater kids and I was more of a band kid. Um, one of them was a year older than me. Um, and uh, during one of the slow dances, they were dating. And during one of the slow dances, Angie um, sat out the dance and Dan came over and asked um, for me to dance with him and I slow danced with Dan who was an extremely tall very kind senior at the time and um, you know it was just I don't know which one of them came up with the idea but I always thought it was really sweet um, of a gesture and although it was awkward as slow dancing always is um, I'll always really appreciate it because it made me feel you know included with a group that Really, everyone else in the school practically had known each other their whole lives, so it, it wasn't always that easy to feel like part of the part of the group. So that's pretty much the only thing I remember from prom. Um, have a great everything. Love your show. Bye. Thank you, Hannah. I love all these heartwarming, nice prom stories that we're getting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but. This one's also, like, I really appreciate people being willing to be vulnerable in this way. Like, thank you so much. Um, Because I think that this sort of sums up the reason I wanted to do this. Well, partially because I genuinely love hearing these kinds of stories because, you know, it's such a quintessential high school experience that I didn't have. But also it's obviously there is no quintessential (laughs) prom experience there is no one prom experience and there i don't even know what we mean when we say typical because several people have even said that in these messages like well it wasn't typical it wasn't a typical prom experience and i don't know i mean i understand i know what they mean but i also don't know what they mean do you know what i mean yeah like when i think of a typical prom experience it's like it's like what we've all seen mm-hmm. in the movies and it's the popular kids or maybe it's the opposite. But like the thing that I always associate with prom is Pretty in Pink. And if you haven't seen Pretty in Pink, what the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> no, but seriously, Pretty in Pink is one of my very, very favorite movies of all time. And I was obsessed with it as a kid and watched. I've seen it like a million times. And Molly Ringwald ends up going to prom by herself in a dress that she made herself, and it's so fucking badass. (laughs) I love it so much. But then a lot of it, too, even, you know, in that movie, is these very, like, wealthy, shitty kids. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the more, you know, what maybe what some people think is typical. I don't know. And I don't really know what my point is, Micah, either. Um, I don't think I have one. But I, I just know that I appreciate, I just appreciate people's stories. Because... For a lot of people, this kind of stuff was not fun. It was painful. And to go anyway, to me, that's that's a really brave thing to do. So, yeah, Hannah, like, you went anyway. And I appreciate that. I, I admire that. And um, I don't know that I would have gone if I would have been home. I don't know. 
So I have one final story, um, and I do have to clarify one thing. As I said before, we didn't have a prom at my school, but we had this May Day dance. And um, I didn't go my senior year because I wanted to go see Bad Religion, but also I did not have a date or would not have had a date or had anyone to go with, and you I wasn't going to go alone. little guy. Um, but my freshman year, part of the May Day thing is they elect – a mayday mm-hmm. court, just like mm-hmm. the prom king and queen. Oh, I remember kind of. we did this in my school too. Homecoming, though, not mayday. Yeah. But yeah. So we had we had homecoming as well in the fall, but this was the spring thing, and this was kind of like our prom. So there were two princes and two princesses from each class. Oh my god! Yeah. Please tell me they're not schools are not still doing this. Oh, I'm sure they are, but yeah, as we said, things have changed a lot, and I'm sure they're better. Will in a lot continue of places. to progress. Yeah, but. It's just the gender binary, you know? So we were in an assembly where they announced who had won. We had all voted earlier in the week, I guess. And I didn't, you know, I was, I hated all this stuff and I didn't want to be involved and I thought it was stupid. And so I remember talking to my friend while they were announcing the names of who had been elected and they said my name and I didn't hear it because... I was talking to my friend and so everyone stops and is looking at me and I'm talking to my friend and people start elbowing me and saying, they said your name, Micah, get up there. And I thought everyone was making fun of me because there's no way it could have been me. So I got up there and I was super embarrassed. And then someone told me, and I don't remember who it was, but I do remember this clear memory of an upperclassman explaining to me later, like, yeah, you got to elect some people like Micah. When you're freshman, because you can't be on the court again until you're a senior. Like they don't, they didn't allow repeats. Mm-hmm. So you got to get some people like Micah up there freshman year, so you can elect a good people like sophomore and junior year. Whatever. Someone that's, told that to yeah, me. Yeah, but to that's my face. bullshit. Come on, you were adorable and everyone loved you, and you just didn't know it. So that was my other story, and I I bring this up because Tim brought it up in our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. He asked a mayday mm-hmm. question. Um, and Jen likes to bring up the fact that I was... Micah was not only Mayday Prince, he was also the salutatorian of his graduating class. Um, and I just have to say, like, <laughs> the fact that I married you has destroyed my street cred. <laughs> destroyed. Oh, man. My cred went <laughs> I had so, so much. far down from the beginning of this episode where I talked about how I went to a bad religion concert. I know. Oh, yeah, of... <laughs> that's true. Yours is wow. Yeah. You should have started. Let's be honest. You should have done I was elected Mayday Prince. Okay, we've been talking for so fucking. I'm so sorry about how long this episode is. We got to wrap this shit up. Thank you so much to everyone who told us their prom stories Devin yeah. and James and Laura and. The person who, whose name I'm not using. <laughs> who had sex in a gas station. Who had stand-up sex in the gas station. Respect. Um, <laughs> uh, and Kate and Hannah. Did I get everybody? Yeah. And thank you all. Really, I want to repeat what Jen said. Like, it's really cool that you were all so vulnerable because this is a, it can be a rough time. Yeah. For a lot of people. Um, maybe for everybody in different ways. It's a, it's a confusing and exciting and cool, fun time. And yeah, and honestly, this is one of those things that I I'm I cannot say that I've ever been particularly sad about missing prom. Like I'm I'm kind of I, I don't know. I'm kind of grateful that I wasn't there for that. Mm-hmm. I in this in this particular way, I feel like I was kind of lucky that I yeah. missed out on it. You know. 
So anyway, thank you so much. Um, we want more listener participation, so we will keep uh, coming up with ways to include you all. And seriously, if you have pictures, anyone <laughs> out there listening, if you have any pictures from your prom, I want to see them. If you have pictures. That's really just a personal gift for me. Of me. You can post them in our Facebook group. You can Mayday email Prince, them to us. Don't send them. Definitely send them. Burn Are you kidding them. me? Okay, we got to be done with this. Uh, so we did watch and talk about Full House. Oh, God. And that is a thing that happened. And um, thank you so much for listening and for your participation and support. And thank you to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. Thank you to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time. See you in the 90s. 90s. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you look. Heart. There's a heart. A hand to hold on to. Wow, we fucking nailed that. Yeah, we did. When you're lost out there and you're all alone, the light is waiting to carry you home. Everywhere you look, everywhere you look, do bit of bat bat out.